Hi. So good. Um, at, it must have been 3.15 a.m. last night. Bella came in and said, I've got a sore ear. And I was in, you know, those sweet, deep sleeps? You know, like those, like, those ones that you don't want to get up for anything for and you feel like the next day is ruined? <laughs> you know those moments, that moment when you go, tomorrow's ruined because of the depth of sleep that I was in? Anyway, she said her ear was sore and then I um, empathy quickly followed that thought of, oh no. Um, but just, I, I just, I said, let me pray for you. And Panadol is always an option and it's always most likely going to happen. But what I always want to do first is I want to pursue the Lord first because he's the great physician. And in a moment, he can heal and touch and, and take things away. And often we know that he can heal, but most of the time the issue is will he in that moment. And it's a challenge and it's a journey and we've been on this process and journey for the last four or five years to really lean in to believing that he will heal right now. And I just, just prayed, simple prayer as we pray. We didn't pray, but we declared, I declared. And I said, does it feel any better? And she went, is there a little go-to of feedback? And I said, amazing, that's so good. Hey, should we go get some Panadol? Because I'm responsible for her and my faith I can't put on her. So I said, hey, let's go get some Panadol and then go to bed. And just saw a massive um, moment again, in our family, where we just take time. I don't want to rush to Panadol, but we honour Panadol and the people who made it. But I want to, I want to take it. It's 30, she can handle 30 seconds of prayer. Yeah? And it was just a cool moment. So the Lord's doing so much. Uh, the, the, the need, as I've been mentioning, is so great everywhere we go. And I'm not even talking about the stuff on the news. That the, the need is relentless with the people that we come into contact with, your friends and family and strangers. And I've just seen again, again and again and again and again, week after week, just opportunities to encourage, opportunities to chat with, opportunities to go out for dinner with mates, um, hearing their story. Like the need is so great and it's right in front of our face. It's right in front of us. It's everywhere we look. And that's not to... To, to, to bring us down because we no longer come under things because we've been given power and authority, which means we've been given the right over everything that's opposite to the kingdom of God. So we don't. We're not susceptible now to fear. Isn't that amazing? It doesn't mean that we don't entertain it and, and listen to lies and partner with lies and we come under it for a little bit, but then we need to shake ourselves and remind ourselves of who he is and what he's done and his word and the truth of that scenario. But I've just, it's been a challenging year, but it's been such a growth year. It's been such an opportunity because where there's obstacle, there's opportunity and every trial is a setup for an upgrade. And I'm just thankful um, for everything that he's done in me, among me and through me this year. And I'm sure that you could say the same. You're just thankful for what he's done in you, among you, and through you, despite the challenges, because he loves working in trials. He loves working in the challenge. Hey, so our theme is sent ones. Yeah. Our theme is sent ones. So Jesus gathered them in, but he sent them out. 
The early church, they gathered together and then they were sent out. I, I, love, I love this. I love that I had this thought in 2020 that this would be the theme for 2022. And he's, he's been highlighting things. I think in 2019, we, we just touched on heaven to earth and what that meant to us as a church, being the why of our church. And then 2019, he spoke that in April 2019, he spoke that 2020 would be the year of together. And who knew what would happen? He did. So he set it up. And 2020 was about together. And the fruit and the testimonies that came out of 2020 was ridiculous. And then this year, we felt the Lord on others, which we lent in. And the fruit and the growth, especially in our leaders, was just off the charts. Our staff meetings were full of life. And the testimonies that were coming out of those meetings were so encouraging in, in among all the, the, the stuff that we've been going through. The, the testimonies coming out and the growth in our leaders this year has been phenomenal. But we felt this year shift um, to really move out of together and others and lean into sent ones. So we're going to look at Matthew chapter 2. And then we'll worship together again, and we'll see what the Lord wants to do. I'm not going to recap. Um, I know there was heaps away last week, so I just encourage you to um, watch that and listen to it. It was a 46-minute message with Gary Morgan's prophetic word attached to it. Um, there was a lot in it. I'm not going to go into it. Um, you can watch that um, online or on iTunes. Um, but that would be important for you to do so if you're going to come back next year. If you feel that you're going to um, be a part of this church next year, I just want to encourage you to, to, to listen to it and, uh, and process that with the Lord because He has gathered us in and He's sending us out. I love it. Hey, um, Matthew 2, it's going to be up on the screen. Are you ready? You're going to think this is a Christmas message, but it's not. Jesus was born in Bethlehem near Jerusalem during the reign of King Herod. After Jesus' birth, a group of spiritual priests from the east came to Jerusalem and inquired of the people, where is this child, um, where is this child who is born king of the Jewish people? We observed his star rising in the sky and we've come to bow down before him in worship. Verse 3, King Herod was shaken to the core when he heard this, and not only he, but all of Jerusalem was disturbed when they heard this news. So he called a meeting of the Jewish ruling priests and religious scholars, demanding that they tell him where the promised Messiah was prophesied to be born. He'll be born in Bethlehem, in the land of Judea. They told him because of the prophecy states. And you, little Bethlehem, are not so insignificant among the clans of Judah, for out of you will emerge the shepherd king of my people Israel. Verse 7. Then Herod secretly summoned the spiritual priests from the east to, to ascertain the exact time he first appeared. And he told them, now go to Bethlehem and carefully look there for the child. And when you, when you found him... Report to me so that I can go and bow down and worship him too. Closing out with verse 9 and 10. 
And on their way to Bethlehem, the same star they had seen in the east suddenly reappeared. Amazed, they watched as it went ahead of them and stopped directly over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were so ecstatic, they shouted and celebrated with unrestrained joy. What a story. What a God. I love that it wasn't just a star. We know this is the star of Bethlehem, but it wasn't actually the star of Bethlehem. We just make things up. It's actually his star. It's actually his star. It's the star of Jesus. It appeared, it moved, and then it pointed and directed people to Jesus. It's his star, the star of Jesus. It appeared, it moved, and then it pointed people to Jesus and they encountered him. I want you to remember this, that the star appeared, it moved, and then it pointed people to Jesus. It wasn't the star of Bethlehem. We love singing it. We love saying it. But it was the star of Jesus. It was his star. Let's look at Acts chapter 1, verse 9 to 11. Right after Jesus spoke those words, he just said that, guys, I want you to gather together. I want you to wait together. I don't want you to go off. I know I've breathed the Holy Spirit on you. I know I've given you power and authority, but I want you to gather together. I want you guys to constantly pray. I want you to eat. I want you to fellowship. I want you to do life together. I want you to gather together and I want you to wait until you leave. I want you to wait. Don't leave because the Holy Spirit is going to come. It's going to be better that I go so that you're going to be seized with power. There's one coming greater than I am, one coming that's going to baptize in fire. So then he says, right after Jesus spoke those words, the disciples saw him being lifted into the sky and disappearing into a cloud. I mean, he's had an amazing 30-odd years on earth and and a pretty amazing three years putting the, the, the heart of the Father on display in word and action. Why not end like this? I mean, John said that if all the books were recorded, all the miracles, there wouldn't be enough books. The, the, the crazy three years that he had and equipped and the disciples had, I mean, why not end like this? I mean, it's insane. Are we okay? Right after Jesus spoke those words, the disciples saw him being lifted into the sky and disappearing into a cloud. As they stared into the sky watching Jesus ascend, two men in white robes suddenly appeared beside them. They told the startled disciples, Galatians, why are you staring up into the sky? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but he will come back in the same way that you saw him ascend. So we had the star of Jesus appear in the sky to announce the birth of the promised child, the Messiah, the one to be named Jesus. The star appeared 
and the star moved, and then the star pointed to Jesus. The star appeared, it moved, and it pointed to Jesus. And then we have this picture of Jesus going out through all the lands, healing and teaching and guiding and addressing and name-changing and calling up and calling out and encouraging, and he was the bright morning star. So we have his star that announced him, and it appeared and moved and pointed to him, and then we had Jesus appear on the earth for a brief time, and he was the bright and morning star. He was and is the light of the world, and he went around, and he appeared, and he moved, and he pointed people to himself. He pointed people to the Father. And now we see his final goodbye and we see his tag your it moment. We see him ascend so that the person of the Holy Spirit can, can not only dwell in us but seize us with power, come upon us and not just visit us but remain in us and on us. And I love this question that the angels ask the disciples Because the three years of doing life and then the intensifying of it with the crucifixion and then the the craziness of him walking around resurrected and then encountering him more and more for those 40 days and then the equipping and then the, the, the you're gonna lead this church and I don't want you to leave but I want you to be filled and seized with power and they're getting taught and they've demonstrated and they've been pushed out and sent out and they were gathering, but they were sent. And we see this moment of their Jesus being taken up into the cloud. Jesus explained to them what was going to happen, that they would be his witnesses, that they would be his martyrs. They would lay down their lives to, to live a life of signs, wonders and miracles and kindness and power to see people that were oppressed set free. He'd announced all this. He'd explained all this, but they were staring in the sky. The light appeared and it moved and it pointed to Jesus. Jesus appeared and he moved and he pointed people to the Father. And Jesus tagged them and said, you're it. It's now your turn because you are the light of the world. But in that moment, they were stunned and awestruck and what a sight it would have been. But they said, hey, hey, guys, why are you staring into the sky? Like, a great question. Why are you staring into the sky? I mean, it's, it's worth asking ourselves that question. <laughs> like, why am I staring into the sky? Why am I wondering? Why am I doubting? Why am I fearing? Why am I staring into the sky? Because his life and his words and his voice and his presence and his word and his life and his presence and his ways have shown me what's possible. And the angels have reminded them, guys, why are you staring into the sky? Philippians 2.13 to 16. Philippians 2, 13 to 16. 
For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. I'm going to read that line again. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Verse 14, do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. So the angel said, why are you staring into the sky? This whole thing has been set up so that you now become like a star. Appearing, moving, and pointing people to Jesus. Matthew 5, 15. Matthew 5, 14 to 16, actually. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise, everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Jesus says point blank, no one, no one hides a lamp. No one identifies a light in a house and then goes and puts it in a basket. He says no one does that. And I feel like the Lord is reminding us of the light. We sing that song, this little light of mine. And I've reminded Belle, it's a, it's a really big light. And often we sing that song and we take that right through our adolescence and into family life and into adult life. And we continually sing this little light of mine. And it comes from this mindset that I'm not enough. That what I did yesterday disqualifies me from the light shining opportunity that I have today. And we've spent so much time and, and led so many moments of encounter into that place that we're not performing for love anymore, that we're not working for victory, that those are postures, those are foundations, that we're rooted in victory, that we, we're living from victory, not for it. We're living from love, not for it. And the light that you have is so great. It's so big. And that light appeared and revealed Jesus. This time of year, we're celebrating but then the one that it was pointing to, the light came. John, I love it how John writes about the light that came into the world. The, the light appeared and the darkness could not comprehend it. I love it. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And he moved and acted and, and, and demonstrated what the kingdom was all about. I love this. But now he's saying, hey, tag your it. You are the light of the world. Stop staring at the sky Stop getting too political. Stop whinging. You are the light of the world. Solution. Breakthrough. Answers. 
adding life to conversations. What an opportunity that we've got. The, the amount of conversations that I'm having with, with people on a regular basis, people that I know and love, and then I'm adding life to the conversations. And things are changing. Things are shifting. I, I feel the Lord ask me today, are you the nicest person your friends know? I'm like, far out. <laughs> what a cracker question. That's a great question. It was, a, it was an impression, whether it was a sentence like that, but it was an impression. Am I the nicest person my friends know? How do I make them feel? How am I making them feel? Am I the nicest person they know? Are, are, are they actually, because the, the old Christian thing is, um, oh, they'll notice something different about you. That's the prayer. That I'll just notice something different about me. I mean, there's only, they're only going to say that if there is something different about you. They're, <laughs> they're only going to say that if there is something different about me. Now, of course, there's one thing, because he says, check out this verse in Philippians. I want to highlight this. Um, go back to Philippians. For it is God who works in you to will and act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Now, this is a random weird verse like this 14, talking about grumbling and arguing. Like that, it kind of doesn't fit. It doesn't, for me, it doesn't make sense. He says, do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault. Now, the, the theme and, the, and the, um, the context of the New Testament is that God sees us now holy and blameless without fault. You can read that in multiple ways. This is said different. And I believe it's said different because he wants actually the reality of who you already are to actually be believed and lived out. It's one thing to believe that God sees me as holy and blameless and without fault, but it's a whole other thing to understand that, believe it, embrace it, encounter him as that, and then live it out so that those things don't happen. So that the gossiping, the arguing, the, the rubbish that other people will do, but we're actually light and salt adding life to conversations. Like you are the light of the world to appear, to move, and to point people to Jesus. And it's not a small light. It's challenging, hey, but we're being sent. What we're going to do, I'm just going to put... Um, some videos up of some people that are going to be helping us next year. Uh, um, Gary Morgan couldn't put a video up, um, but he's going to be helping us out next year and being involved. Um, going to be catching up regularly with him, um, and he'll be he'll be coming out to share and speak and and do some prophetic stuff. Um, we're in chats with Chris Gore as well. Um, He's moving back to New Zealand, which is going to make that a little bit easier. Um, but he's, he said he's keen um, to get involved, depending on the, all the quarantine craziness. Um, so that's exciting, um, those two. Um, so they weren't able to put a video up. Um, but let's just look at the screen. Um, when the, uh, the, the last video of Tom Crandall, yeah? Tom Crandall's last one. When that finishes, if the band can jump up, and then we'll wrap up together. Amazing. Hey, Echo Church, Steve Backlin here. Merry Christmas. Let's have a Merry Christmas. Gathering and sending. I love the focus of this season, of this coming year. 
As I think about it, it's what Jesus did. In Mark 3, he chose the 12, and it says that they might be with him. There's something about that relational connection. That was the first thing that he did, they, not only with him, but with each other. The gathering piece is so important because it's in relationship that we're able to be the body of Christ when we're sent. If we're just an isolated hand, an isolated foot, to use the 1 Corinthians 12 analogy, we're not going to be as effective as when we're connected to people that we feel called to. And there's something else about being, about the gathering piece, is that when we gather, it's in that relational context that we really grow up. It's in covenant relationships that we grow up, learn how to connect with people, learn how to forgive, learn how to follow leadership, learn how to lead ourselves. It's powerful. And then we get sent. We get sent as a team. We get sent with the blessing of others. We get sent with other people helping us to identify what's our giftings and how we, we fit. And we get sent with Jesus sent them out two by twos with other people and we get to walk together and, and compliment each other. It's God's plan to send people like you and me who have gathered. Hey, it's going to be a powerful year. I just sense in my spirit that the Lord is gathering and sending you for something way bigger than you know. Hey, much love from Wendy and I and the Igniting Hope team. Good morning, Echo Church. Peter McHugh here, just really excited about what 2022 has in store for you as a congregation as you continue to learn to be sent out ones. One of the great experiences we have here at Stairway is that being a sent out one means that we carry the presence of God with us. We create atmospheres around us that allow the Spirit of the Lord to step in and change people's lives. And so I'm really looking forward to being with you during 2022 and exploring together how we might carry the wonder and the beauty of our Saviour Jesus through his presence and atmospheres into the lives of those around us. Trust you're having a great morning and look forward to seeing you next year. God bless. Echo Church, so excited to celebrate you. Just talk to you for a quick minute. I'm really excited for your theme this year, Sent Ones. Pastor Justin and Lee are just doing such a great job. They've been listening to the Lord for a while and just excited to lean into what God is saying not just for you, but for your city. There's a lot of people that are waiting for you to be sent into the workplace, into your family members, to the grocery store, to give hope, to carry hope, signs and wonders, demonstrating that God is real and knows them. And there are a lot of people, thousands, that are connected right there to the people in your church that are waiting for you to show up and show them that God is a good Father. He cares. He's paid the ultimate price for them by giving his son on the cross so that they could come and connect with God too. It's time to break fear. It's time to break anxiety over our world and release the kingdom of God. So, so excited for your theme this year, Sent Ones, own it. Let's grab a hold of this. You are sent to the Lord to demonstrate his love to the world. So bless you guys. We'll see you soon. I, mean, I was gonna say you're excited. Um, some will be, some aren't. <laughs> but it, it's, it's, it's a challenge because we know that we're, we're called to this. We're, we're called to, to see people encounter Jesus. 
We're, we're called to, to bring kingdom values and kingdom principles into our workplace, into our school drop-offs, into the education. It's an honour. It's stretching. But it's exciting. We weren't just meant to gather. We're sent. And I love what Tom said, that there's people waiting for you. And we, we don't do condemnation. We don't do, you better lead 50 people to the Lord this year. We don't do that. But I've been super challenged with my large network of friends, 30 or 40 without wives. They have wives, but the county, 30 or 40 without wives, so 80 odd. I'm just challenged with that. What, what does it look like for me to, to, to live the, the crazy, fun, family, celebrating life, life that I love to live? and be the pastor of the church, but more importantly, be the guy who's present and active and involved and not only talks the talk, but also offers to pray and counsel and chat and meet at the pub and have a beer and hear their stories and smash 25 dumplings together while I'm hearing crazy, traumatic, situations that I didn't think they'd share with me. And we're all wired different, and as a church, we're wired different. And yet externally, it's been a stinker two years, externally. And some of that's translated internally, whether we've purposely allowed it to or not. Some stuff we've been dealt with, the cards that were out of our control. And then some stuff's just been poor choices. So we own it all. But some stuff wasn't fair. And I didn't respond well at times. But he's still for you. He's still present and active. He's never had a bad thought about you. And he has called you to much. When he thinks about you, he doesn't second guess. He doesn't doubt. He doesn't say, oh, that light's smaller. That grace is smaller. No, no, He's graced you to grow. He's graced you and equipped you to be the person that you've dreamt of being. And here's the thing. You are becoming who you already are. You are becoming who you already are. So I'm I'm personally going to take the challenge. And it it borders with the, it can easily go into striving. And we start getting down that track of I better do this. And what Josh was saying, same thing happens when we talk about leading people to Jesus. It goes there real quick. But I tell you what, what he's going to do over these months and into next year. Nothing brings you alive more than living in this sweet spot 
of being a light, of being the star, of, of holding out the word of life, of, as shining like stars in the universe. And some, some people, it's washing over your head, and that's cool. But he's inviting us all into encountering him. Where there's, a, where there's a shift, where there's a change, where there's, where there's an excitement, and he's restoring stuff.